This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hour number two, Phenomenal Football Friday. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you here on the BetQL Network. Great to be joined by our audience right now on Stadium. Uh, we'll be on Stadium for the next two hours. If you're watching us right now on Stadium, welcome to the show. We got two hours of wagertainment coming your way. Sam Paniotovich will join us in just a moment from Nesson Fox Sports and the Chicken Dinner Podcast, giving us bets for this weekend, including the trademarked chuckle game. Colin Wilson, 20 minutes from now. Anthony DeBundo with soccer bets, 40 minutes from now. Ken Barkley's college football card for the weekend. The locomotive leaves the station one hour from now. Do not miss it. Brad Evans still to come. The Last man, PJ Glasser, still to come. And in the power hour, final hour of the show, all our bets for tonight and all our bets for Week 10 NFL Sunday. But joining us right now to kick off the fun and frivolity on this, this puts it five words to start with that, the fun and frivolity on this phenomenal football Friday is our friend Sam Paniotovich from Nesson Fox Sports and the Chicken Dinner Podcast. He is on Twitter at SP Shoot. Sammy, welcome back to You Better You Bet with Nick and Ken, my friend. How's it going? What's up, gentlemen? I come with apologies. The chuckle game did not uh, come home for the boys and girls last week. We are six and three, but I, you know, I thought when Brown was down twenty-two seventeen, we were going to be okay, and then they just got blown up. You know, it happens, I guess. And Sam, I obviously we're looking forward to the the chuckle game later. I was uh, I was interested whether you would have a bet on Michigan Penn State, and I'm I'm sure you saw this before we start, but just in case you didn't, and for people who are watching live on Stadium, like we haven't done this for them yet, all of the reporting is that although the official punishment has not been handed down yet, all the speculation is uh, Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh will not be allowed to coach on the sideline for the rest of the regular season. And apparently that will include uh, the game starting in 21 hours or 20 hours at this point against Penn State. The team's like already on the plane in the air on the way to State College. And like he's apparently not going to be allowed on the sideline to coach the game. And we'll see what happens legally. Um, But with that in mind, I can also tell you, Sam, Penn State has gotten bet as a result of this. So Michigan was four and a half on the board everywhere. It's now four. In most places, the total has not changed, though. I think that's what you want to talk about. 44 and a half, 45. What about Michigan Penn State with kind of all this controversy swirling around the game? Let's also understand that if you don't think Jim Harbaugh is going to be piped into that sideline, you are out of your right. mind. Like he is clearly going to be involved in this game. Let's let's get that clear from Jump Street. Um, the market tells a story here, guys. You know, conventional wisdom tells us that when two good defenses meet, it's probably a good idea to look under. And you look all over Twitter and social media, there's a lot of people saying, oh, I got to bet the under. And yet the market, you know, before this news broke, went from 43 to 44 to 45. And some of the sharpest guys in Vegas that I know took over 44. I like over in the game. I liked it anyways. Michigan's going to score points. I mean, J.J. McCarthy's the best quarterback they've had in a long time. In fact, he's the best one, I think, under Harbaugh. So, They're going to score like 27, 28 points minimum, I think. And then, you know, you look at the other side on the defense. They've got NFL talent all over the field, but they also haven't played anybody, guys. I mean, the best offense Michigan has seen is probably Minnesota, and that's not really saying much. So I I applaud how good they've been. They haven't given up a lot of points, but they also haven't played anybody. Penn State needs 
in my mind, to get to 17. If they can get to 27, Michigan gets me 28, we're over. But here's the other thing, too. Like, Michigan is in that spot now where you have literally ticked them off for almost three, four weeks in a row. You think they're not going to run this up if they get the chance? If they are up, like, 21-10, 28-10, you think they're not going to try and score 50? Out of your mind. They haven't shown you anything either because they haven't had to. So we might see a flea flicker touchdown. We might see a wide receiver reverse pass. I think Michigan empties the clip this weekend, and we're going to get over 54, uh, 44 and a half, 45 for sure. I, yeah, I, I love this bet. I, I just imagine, by the way, like Jim Harbaugh, like a combination of like Solid Snake from the Metal Gear series and the, like Bobby Valentine when he got ejected from that Mets game and came back in with like the, the fake like sunglasses and like nose and mustache. Yeah. Some kind of combination of that, like sneaking into like still be up. Of course, like they're cheating. You don't think he's going to be like someone's going to be piped in with him on the sideline? 100% agree with Sam on that. So. That's the thought, Sam, on the Michigan-Penn State game coming up tomorrow on Saturday. Just curious, and then like we'll spin this to the rest of your bets coming up for this weekend. Does it like change the way you kind of like conceptualize and like handicap early on, like Michigan-Ohio State? If Harbaugh's not on the sideline in the final regular season game of the year, the look-ahead market there is about Michigan six. Like this, if he like Penn State's one thing tomorrow. If he's not going to be on the sideline against Ohio State, and I don't know how this is going to play out legally or whatever, does it change the way you feel about that game? And you can give us a quick answer to this if you want, and then we, we can spin it to your other bets for this weekend. I put more weight in the Ohio State game, obviously. You know, it's it's more of an understanding that James Franklin is just a nimrod in big games and has been since he's been in Happy Valley, so I'm not really too concerned. And the other thing, too, when you get to send it on Friday – <laughs> you put the entire game plan in play. I mean, this is walkthrough day in college football. So everything that Michigan wants to do and has planned to do is basically already on the tray that's about to be dropped off on the table. So I am, I'm not concerned this week. It would be a different conversation, though, spinning it forward, though, to Ohio State and Ryan Day. Yeah, I, I haven't even thought that far ahead, but I have no concern this weekend. It's just it's crazy to just look at the board. I just I'm just gonna say this one more time. Like pe- people are betting James Franklin at a small number right now against like the best team in the country. Like I just I like can't like I guess like thanks Big Ten for like making this. It's just I think this is like absolutely insane. Obviously, I think Michigan's really good. Uh, Sam, I know you have a couple other college bets you want to talk about coming up this weekend. I was happy to see this one on your card. I like this one also. It's like a funny game in terms of like the point spread in the matchup. So I think a lot of people watched Bedlam last week, saw Oklahoma. So we had that bet too. It's one of, one of our winners last week. Oklahoma State wins outright in the last Bedlam. They've won, I think, four or five games in a row. We have their win total over from before the year. It's one of the win totals that's actually going pretty well. Uh, but now they, they draw UCF. And people might be like, oh, man, Oak State, they're rolling. Like, what's the number in that game? Oklahoma State just a two and a half point, two and a half, two and a half point favorite in that game. Uh, what what do you like here with Oak State? Maybe one of the hottest teams in the country. It opened two and a half, Kenny. It hasn't budged. I mean, that tells you a lot about the respect for UCF in this spot. And you also have to understand: yes, Oklahoma State is tied for first right now in the Big Twelve. It's the Pokes and the Horns. They're both right there on line one. And UCF only has one conference win. So, oh, that's wow, I can, I can lay two and a half. Well, guess what? This is literally the season for the Knights. They are four and five. They, they need to win this game because they probably split the final two to get to six and get to that bowl game. I love Malzahn in the underdog role. He's been profitable for 15 years in this role. But it's really it, it's time to poke and pop the balloon, no pun intended. 
nobody wanted to vet Oklahoma State last week. Nobody. And now all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, yeah, you know, like my, my mailman the other day goes, I kind of like Oklahoma State. What about you? I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is where we're at. Like now everybody wants to vet Oklahoma State. It took them to get to 5-1 and one in the Big 12 in first place, and now you want to bet them. Yet this line, you know what, it's so funny, hasn't gotten to three. Hmm, I wonder why. I expect the Knights' A game. We've seen them hang with Kansas State with a backup quarterback for three quarters. They went all the way to the wire with Oklahoma. They are going to fight and scratch and claw their way to, I think, an outright victory in this spot. I took two and a half with UCF. Two and a half. You better. You bet with Nick and Ken here. Phenomenal football Friday. College football and NFL bets. We'll get to the chuckle game in a second as well with our friend Sam Paniotovich, Nesson, Fox Sports, and the Chicken Dinner Podcast on Twitter at SP Shoot. Sammy, let's go to the professionals, to this Niners-Jaguars game coming up Sunday in Duval. Uh, both teams coming off the bye. It does look like this game might come off three at our show sponsor, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. San Francisco 3 minus 15 right now. Total of the game is 45. What do you like for the people, Sammy, with the Niners and the Jaguars? Well, let me first, Nick, let me break some news on your program here. The bartender, who was very good at being very bad, uh, just texted me about an hour ago that Jacksonville should be favored in this game. So uh, take from that what you must. Yeah, the yeah, mailman like, and the okay, bartender. Right. This is like a good bit. I think the mailman needs to be a part of this bit also, Sam, after like with Oklahoma State. Maybe that should be the mailman's first official pick this weekend as well with the bartender. You don't even want to know who the dentist likes. We'll save that for next <laughs> week. Uh, last time we saw San Francisco, they were just – crushed by injuries offensively you know they had lost their third straight game Trent Williams was out their left tackle obviously we didn't see Debo for a couple of weeks and they couldn't score with with Cincinnati that team was literally in the right place at the right time to get the bye week they needed they needed time to regroup and recalibrate and now Debo is going to play it looks like Trent Williams is going to go he came back to practice yesterday assuming those two play Think about the chessboard, right? It moves Brock Purdy back into a much better position. It takes pressure off of McCaffrey. Ayuk is able to go into WR2 mode. Kittle has an easier pass to open catches. It's, it's just the perfect storm for San Francisco here. I, I think the game should be like four, four and a half. You applaud what Jacksonville has done, but Jacksonville also like hasn't really played that many great teams. And while I do think Jacksonville is good, I think San Francisco when healthy is great and Good luck, Trevor Lawrence. You get Bosa and Chase Young this week. Good luck with that. I think three is a great lay for San Fran. Sam, I know you have uh, some other NFL that you like this week. I think it was, I'm scrolling up to get the back. I think it's Cle- uh, Cleveland and Baltimore, right, is the other game that you like. We've talked about this game a bunch this week because of all the award stuff that's come out. Lamar Jackson, it could be front runner for MVP Lamar Jackson against front runner for Defensive Player of the Year, Miles Garrett. Now the Ravens have been a better team this year. They're laying about six and a half at home. What do we like in this game? I'm very high on Baltimore. You guys know that. We talked before the season about over nine and a half, over 10, you know, 220, two and a quarter to win the North. Those all look like good bets. All that said, this is too many points for me to lay against the Cleveland D that is legit up front. You know, Miles Garrett might be the best player on the field, and you're not going to slip anything past, uh, past Cleveland in this spot. Cleveland knows everything Baltimore is going to do. Baltimore knows everything Cleveland's going to do. And, and, Here's the caveat, too. I was talking with John Murray. We do that video on social every week. He's from the Westgate in Vegas. And he said the Ravens are not only the most popular side this week, it's one of the most popular sides of the season. Everybody's lining up to lay six, six and a half 
with the Ravens, Ravens money line, Ravens money line in the parlays, and yet this line is still under seven. It tells you that there's some resistance on the dog at a good number, six and a half with a low total, 38. Baltimore is going to sweat this out. I think they do prevail, but that's a lot to lay in an AFC North showdown. I think Sam is our first guest this week to like Cleveland in that game, which is not to say that he's right or others are wrong or vice versa, just that I think that's interesting, Sam taking a stand on the Cleveland Browns. Sam, we have about three minutes left, and we want to make sure we can get two things in here. I know you wanted to talk about a college basketball future. If you could give that to us in about a minute so we save time for the chuckle game, that would be great. So, you know, two years ago we bet Kansas 20-1. to 1. Obviously that worked out really well. Last year it was Texas at 18-1. to they had a, a tough injury in the Elite Eight. They had a, what, nine-point lead with six minutes to go in the uh, Elite Eight game and just couldn't finish. I thought that was a good spot. I'm going to Kentucky this year. Uh, bet a little 17-1 at Circa in Las Vegas. You could probably find 16, 15-1 if you shop around now. They've got three five-star freshmen that eventually are probably going to start uh, for Coach Cal getting into February and March. And I like Trey Mitchell a lot, the transfer from West Virginia. He's 18 and 10 every night, uh, assuming he stays healthy. This is probably the most talented team he's had since 2016. And that's saying a lot because he's had some good recruits, but this is a really, really good Kentucky team. And that, that 18 to one was 18, 17 to one ish was not right. So I, I do think Kentucky at that number at that price is, is, is a really good bet. All right, so Sammy, we're rolling with Kentucky as his future right now in college hoops. They are uh, they are eight, and pe- for people that want to bet that at BetMGM right now, our show sponsor, you can get the same number as Sammy, 18 to 1 right now, Kentucky to win the national championship at our show sponsor, BetMGM. All right, Sam, we got a solid 60 seconds here for the chuckle game for this weekend. Six and three on the year, my friend. Let's chuckle all the way to the pay window on a seven and three mark. What is the chuckle bet this weekend? Well, let's start by saying that you better you bet has officially ruined the market on Brown. We can't bet Brown anymore. We can't bet the over. We probably can't take Brown. Uh, these totals have flown up three, four, five points per game. So we're going a little bit lower on the board. 308-927. This is the fighting Fordham Rams. Oh, yes. baby. I know you're excited. I know you're excited. I think, like, I, I made the game, like, 62 and a half. But they're not going to open that high. It's Fordham at Lafayette. I think it's going to open, like, 58, 59. Maybe we see a 60 that they hang on the opener, and we're going over. Uh, these two teams, very good offensively, versatile. They can run. They can pass. And they score touchdowns, guys. They're not getting inside the 20 and kicking. They're, they are punching the ball in. I think we get a game easily in the 30s here. It should be a fun one in Lafayette, but we're taking the over. Fordham and Lafayette, it's 308-927, and anything like 58-59-60 is going to move, and that's a promise. Hashtag go Rams, hashtag Ramily, hashtag love it, hashtag chuckle game. Sam, we appreciate it, man. Great job as always. Watch Sam on Nesson, read him on Fox Sports, and also listen to him. We had Chris Felica on the show on Wednesday. Sam is a part of uh, Chris Felica's show, Bear Bets. Check it out and listen to the Chicken Dinner podcast as well. Sam, we appreciate it, my friend. Good luck with the bets this weekend, and we will talk to you next week here on the show. You got it. Hashtag Hardball, hashtag piped in. love it hashtag colin wilson coming up next year on a friday 
Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Our pal Colin Wilson from the Action Network will join us in just a moment here, giving us college football bets for this weekend. We'll obviously touch on the Jim Harbaugh situation in Michigan, where in case you missed it, uh, we talked about this last segment in the first hour of the show today, that uh, Jim Harbaugh will not be allowed to coach the final three games of the season for Michigan against Penn State, Maryland, and Ohio State. He will be allowed to coach during the week. Of course, the thought process is he'll probably be piped into the side, into the sideline somehow in some way. So uh, Harbaugh will not be on the sideline tomorrow for Michigan as Ken said in our, in our interview in the last segment with Sam Paniotovich, Penn State's getting bet a little bit. And we have this to add now from Bruce Feldman, who covers college football for The Athletic. And this is from the Big Ten, who said it does not have um, any knowledge indicating that Jim Harbaugh was aware of the, of the signal-stealing scheme. I, all these college football writers write in a way that's like impossible to read, by the way. Like, God bless all of them. Here's the quote. This is, not a, this is from the Big Ten. This is not a sanction of Coach Harbaugh even though it is, it's a sanction against the university that under the extraordinary circumstances presented by this offensive conduct, dot, dot, dot. So basically Harbaugh didn't know, but also like they did it and we're going to punish Jim Harbaugh as a result. So we're, this is a, obviously this is a developing story. We will bring you the information as we, as it comes in here on You Better You Bet. But what we know right now, Harbaugh will not be on the sideline coaching tomorrow for Michigan on the road at Penn State where they're, I haven't looked at the market, but they were a four point favorite literally like 15 minutes ago. We'll talk about it coming up with our pal Colin Wilson in just a moment. Anthony DeBundo joins us in 20 minutes, giving us soccer bets. Ken's entire college football card in 40 minutes, including his bet on Michigan and Penn State. Uh, coming up again to start next hour, Brad Evans still to come. All our bets for tonight and for NFL this weekend in the final hour of the show. But joining us right now uh, from the Action Network and the Big Bets on Campus podcast, which everyone should check out because it's awesome and because it features many friends of the show, not just Colin Wilson, but also Brett McBurphy and Stucky, some of our buddies from the Action Network. Check out Big Bets on Campus. Our friend Colin Wilson on Twitter at underscore Colin1. Colin spelled with two L's, one of the best out there, one of our favorite guests here on the show. My friend, welcome back to You Better You Bet. Uh, Nick and Ken, happy Harbaugh Day. Yeah, happy Harbaugh guy. I, I hope everybody is getting what they want. Everybody outside of Michigan wants some sort of suspension. Everybody within doesn't think being off the sideline is that big of a deal. There's no happy medium here. But to pretend that he doesn't know what's going on is just a joke. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not involved. I'm an SEC guy. <laughs> yeah, it's also, I mean, like, <clears throat> excuse me, Colin. I was also going to say, like, yes, like, I know everyone hates Michigan right now. Also, like, you're announcing it while the team is flying to Penn State which I think yeah. your your colleague Brett McMurphy brought up where it's like, okay, like, th like this is when it happens. Like they're about to touch down basically to like him thinking he's going to coach in the game. It just, it all seems kind of weird. What, like obviously you're a better and you follow college football. What is the betting impact of this, of Harbaugh not being on the sideline for three games? Is there one? I, I we, you know, we wrote a story up at action and I, I believe I had a blurb in there that said Harbaugh is worth two points to the spread for Michigan, right? And that's what we applied to Urban Meyer when he was gone for a three-game series, I think back in 2018 when he wasn't allowed around the games. But really, who's calling the plays there? It's not Jim Harbaugh. It's his coordinators. I mean, he has input on fourth and one. He has input on when we're punting and not. But besides that, he doesn't. You have to – I mean, come on. Don't – quit insulting our intelligence. I mean, if Michigan is smart enough to buy tickets – worldwide scout everybody do you think it matters that he's not on the sidelines you, you don't think it'll have a way to communicate whether he wants to go for it or punt like it this suspension off the sidelines and not coaching the game it, it's just it's all so such ludicrous and it's just trying to save face with everybody at every program in the big 10 
Does it make you, like, want to make a bet in either the game against Penn State on Saturday or, like, Ohio State coming up in a couple of weeks as you start to conceptualize that? It sounds like you think this is a nothing burger, Colin, but, like, yeah. I have to ask that question and, like, get an answer from you because you're one of, like, the best out there. Like, does it make you want to bet Penn State or Michigan tomorrow with the market moving against Michigan? And does it change the way you view Michigan, Ohio State in a couple of weeks with Harbaugh not on the sideline? The look-ahead market there has Michigan about a six-point favorite. I'm going to go with that term, nothing burger, because what, what it comes down to is your coordinators are the one that make the changes at halftime. The game plan's already in. The team's already practiced. The laminated card's already made. We know what we're doing at third and two on the 33. Like, it's it's all predetermined. And so, you know, what it affects when these coaches get banned from sidelines and being coaches is the halftime adjustments. Well, Harbaugh, first off, they never change anything. They're always the same style, no matter if it works or not. Look at all the games that they've lost really bad or won really bad. It's because they don't change what they do. And he's not that big of an influence as his coordinator. So it's it's a nothing burger from a handicap perspective. I still like Penn State. I think they're going to cover. I like the over even more. But uh, none of it has to do with Harbaugh being around a coach. So, Colin, give us an idea then of – obviously, you just gave us kind of your bets for that game and, and how you see it playing out. Tell us how you see it playing out. Tell us why you like what you like in that game. The, uh, the market, I'll just give it again. Just with the Harbaugh news, things are moving a little bit. Uh, so a lot of the four and a halfs have gone to four. So Michigan basically a four-point favorite in most places. The total is kind of – there's this push and pull in the market where the over has gotten better early in the week, and now it's kind of we're all over the place. I'll call it 45 right now or something like that. Uh, your bets for Michigan-Penn State. 45 is key, so I see some 44s out there. I like the over in this game. There is a big appetite from Penn State to all of a sudden throw explosive plays. They had 15 throws over 20 yards through seven games through Ohio State. Now all of a sudden it's Indiana and Maryland. They've had 12 passes over 20 yards. Uh, you know, Mike Yurisich, the coordinator, says that we feel comfortable in the efficiency with Drew Aller and some of his targets. So you're going to see Penn State take some shots. On the other side, J.J. McCarthy has been – fantastic with pressure last year only had one big time throw in 93 dropbacks with pressure and he just wasn't very good this year he has eight big time throws with less dropbacks so far i mean he's been great he barely has a bump and adjusted completion percentage whenever he does get pressure so i think he's going to be able to get downfield but we're going to know pretty fast like i said the, the game plan is not going to change in this so if they come out and both teams are trying to establish the rush and play pile of you know three yards and a pile of a dirt football then it's probably gonna go under but i think it's gonna go over because both these teams are taking shots downfield you better you better hear with nick and ken on a phenomenal football friday talking college football at the weekend with our pal colin wilson from the action network big bets on campus podcast on twitter um underscore colin one colin spelled with two l's uh colin your action network teammate big bets on campus teammate brett mcmurphy america's college football insider <laughs> tweeting a moment ago and i want and i and i quote Michigan not going down quietly. School says it, open quote, intends to seek a court order together with Coach Harbaugh preventing this disciplinary action from taking effect. So this again, I feel like we're like, I'm like Wolf Blitzer in the situation room right now. Like this is all happening in real time. Like maybe Harbaugh does coach tomorrow and this gets kicked down the road to the Maryland game coming up, the Ohio State game, kind of like we'll see what happens here uh, and we'll bring you any reporting as it comes in from Brett McMurphy or otherwise. Colin, final question on all of this and then we will get to like the games for this week. I want you to know everybody wants just on the Heisman Trophy where Michael Penix is the favorite, Bo Nix behind him, Marvin Harrison towards the top of the board, McCarthy towards the top of the board. I'm like, you know, you're you're really great at this. Like, if Harbaugh doesn't coach and McCarthy balls out against really good competition, does that help him? Do you think this is just quarterback that wins the Pac-12 title game? Marvin Harrison, like, where are you at here at the Heisman in about 30 to 45 seconds? And then we will get to bets for games this weekend, other than Michigan and Penn State. 
I will be heading out to the Pac-12 championship game in Las Vegas. It is going to be a quarterfinal game to get into the college football playoff, and the winner of that game will probably crown their quarterback as the Heisman Trophy winner. So play that accordingly. I was shocked this week to see that Oregon is minus six in a look-ahead line against Washington. Like, I, I already make it Oregon minus four, and I thought every – I get so much Twitter hate when people don't like my projections, but it was minus six now. So – and I think Oregon's going to cover that, and I think Bo Nix is going to win the Heisman. So, uh, you know, there's – I would play those numbers accordingly. you got two or three weeks to, leading up to that. So take that, McCarthy. Uh, sorry. <laughs> that's all, that's all. all right. Okay. I, I hope Nick's wins too. I have Nixon Harrison. Like, I, I hope you're right. And maybe Harrison's the safety net if things get crazy. I don't know. Uh, Colin, why don't we be open-ended? You gave us bets for Michigan, Penn State. They're not an obvious, like, secondary great game. SEC's got some okay games. Pac-12's got, you know, Oregon, USC. Uh, your next favorite bet for this week is what? Uh, I do like the over in Georgia and Ole Miss, uh, but I, you know, I might have to tailor that off and just say that Georgia's going to hit the over. I've I've come on here, I've come, I've told everybody for weeks now that this Georgia offense is way more explosive now with the loss of Brock Bowers because we're looking downfield and we're hitting Lad McConkey who can make all kinds of things happen after he gets the ball. I love the over in this game, but Ole Miss losing their right tackle Micah Pettis is a monster loss here because Ole Miss could have gashed Georgia in the front seven, running outside zone. Quinchon Judkins has his biggest explosive plays off of right tackle, off of right tight end, and that's because of Micah Pettis for Ole Miss. Now that he's out and not playing, Ole Miss is scrambling on the offensive line. So, I, you know, this was a game I thought there would be a, a backdoor lane cover here, maybe sitting at 18, coming down to 11. I'm no longer in that boat because if you – I mean, Georgia's just been gashed by quarterbacks and RPOs. You think Peyton Thorne ran for 90 yards? Brady Cook ran for 40 yards last week? Jackson Dart was going to be able to do the same, but I am just completely staying away from that with Ole Miss losing their very superior right tackle. I still do like the over in this game. That means Jackson Dart's going to throw a lot more, so give me the over in Georgia Ole Miss. Colin, and any of the other big games this weekend in college football, whether it's Tennessee and Missouri, Utah and Washington, any picks on the big games? Maybe we can do some smaller games after that in the time we have remaining. I can do the whole board, guys. Let's go. So I, I do like Tennessee to beat Missouri. Uh, I know that's gone up a little bit, but it's a really bad spot for Missouri after they really emptied the tank. Uh, Luther Burton, one of the best, the, the best slot wide receiver in all of college football, probably not going to play in this game. Tennessee has been fantastic against explosives, and their offense just as good running the ball as they are throwing. This is a really bad spot for Missouri. So I, I do like the I do like uh, the balls. Colin, I'm, I'm obligated to ask you one question about what I'll just call like the ridiculously low total of the week, which we've done for three straight games now in the Big Ten. This week, it's Rutgers and Iowa, Iowa and somebody. And sometimes the game's on a baseball field and sometimes it's not. That's basically what this is. So Rutgers, Iowa. Iowa is a one and a half point favorite and the total is now down to 27 and a half in a few places uh, in a college football game. Obviously, we're seeing like historic totals with Iowa in these brutal games that are actually like they're kind of fun to bet on because they're just different. Uh, do you have an angle here? Like, is there something that you like? Essentially, like pick the winner. I guess it could land one a lot. Uh, pick the winner of the game and the totals 27 and a half. I think one thing about totals that separates what I do versus everybody else is I'm really trying to gauge scoring opportunities i mean a lot of people focus on pace and net yards per play but really how many scoring opportunities can you make Rutgers is top 10 and havoc allowed they don't make any mistakes they have methodical drives they don't fumble they don't throw interceptions they don't allow people to tackle them in the backfield which is iowa's complete mission objective on defense is to create havoc and because Rutgers doesn't allow any havoc whatsoever i think they're going to have some successful drives down the field and create scoring opportunities so Boy, I can't. I don't know, Ken. If I'm going to go out there and like start laying money on an over in an Iowa game, they're breaking all the Excel sheets. But uh, I mean, there is a there is an avenue here for Rutgers to score points and uh, challenge that total.
Uh, what are some other bets you like this weekend, Colin? Games big or small in the great sport of college football? Let's go little. Let's get Georgia State on there against App State. App State, one of the worst rush defenses in all the nation. Georgia State, number one in the nation in rush explosives. And their quarterback, Danny Granger, has chipped in, I think, 800 yards on the ground this year. So they're fantastic. Go out to the West Coast. Cal, who's lost four straight to top 25 opponents in the Pac-12. They're going to overcome Washington State, who's lost five straight. Is a corpse, just lost at home to Stanford. Um, I don't know. How low can we go here? Why is UConn getting steamed money who's betting at UConn who's who has nothing to play for in one win on the season against James Madison I don't know who is betting UConn I've been trying to figure it out all day I think I might have to go to the bar and have a drink because I can't figure out why somebody there is real money pushing the spread down in a couple shops so um Colin's on a fact-finding tour the rest of the day on that one I thought that the, the, the referring to himself as the third person there was, yes. was absolutely outstanding. <laughs> also, I didn't have to eat my shoe because Roman Reigns beat, beat LA Knight last week. Thankfully, and, uh, I crowned Jewel, which, which, which I needed. Sorry for the bet, Colin, but I, I also didn't want to eat my shoe. Uh, the great Colin Wilson joining us here on the show. Please support Colin and his Action Network colleagues, uh, Brett McMurphy and Stucky, and check out Big Bets on Campus. Great college football betting podcast. We'll do college basketball as well um, on Twitter at underscore Colin1. My friend, good luck with the bets this weekend. Thank you for hitting us with all the missions. Michigan stuff to start, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, our pal Connor uh, puts Colin Wilson joining us here on the show. I was reading about Connor Stallions here. <laughs> yes, I'm like, I'm, yes, the I guy mean, we have on every week. Yeah, yes, look, right. we're that's we're right. literally like, I'm juggling so much here in the moment, trying to figure out like all the stuff that's going on. Um, so we gave you what the Big Ten said about Michigan. We have a full Michigan response to the Big Ten, and it is it's pretty heavy. Um, I'm going to read it because it's it's kind of insane in, like, I think a good way. Um, here it is, and I quote. Adam Rittenberg, by the way, our pal from ESPN, tweeting this out. Like all members of the Big Ten Conference, we are entitled to a fair, deliberate, and thoughtful process to determine the full set of facts before a judgment is rendered. Today's action by Commissioner Tony Petiti disregards the conference's own handbook, violates basic tenets of due process, and sets an untenable precedent of assessing penalties before an investigation has been completed. We are dismayed at the commissioner's rush to judgment when there is an ongoing NCAA investigation, one in which we are fully cooperating. Commissioner Petiti's hasty action today suggests that this is more about reacting to pressure from other conference members than a desire to apply the rules fairly and impartially. By taking this action at this hour, the commissioner is personally inserting himself onto the sidelines and altering the level playing field that he's claiming to preserve, and doing so on Veterans Day, a court holiday, to try and thwart the university from seeking immediate judicial relief is hardly a profile in impartiality. To ensure fairness in the process, we intend tend to seek a court order together with Coach Harbaugh preventing this disciplinary action from taking effect. Wow. Gotta love it from Michigan. That's the response you want if you're a Michigan fan, right? Coming out guns blazing here. Uh, so what do you think? Like 50-50 Harbaugh coaches in the game tomorrow now after reading that? I'll say way more than 50-50 coaches in that game. Uh, in a related story, some of the fours went to four and a half. Like a really funny <laughs> back and forth here. It's just really funny. Like as if, like almost like as if this matters. But yeah, it's, but it's very interesting. The statement's obviously very uh, loud. Uh, coming up next in the Situation Room, uh, we'll get soccer bets for the weekend with our pal Anthony DeBundo from the Action Network and the Wonder Goal Podcast. 
Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. We have major, major breaking news in the world of sports. Per Andy Staples, who covers college football for On3 Sports, Michigan's plane has arrived in State College, and it's complete with video. They flew Delta, in case anyone was wondering. So Michigan's plane is on the tarmac. I don't know if this is like an airport, like some like the private airstrip or whatever, but Michigan has arrived, and oh, and we can see some Michigan staffers getting off the plane. wonder if they had Wi-Fi, and they kind of like, no one's right. going on. <laughs> yes, the answer is yes. Right. Like, okay. are they going to tell a coach when he gets off? Oh, by the way, like, you might not be coaching tomorrow, coach. Yeah. All right. Every, everybody who's what. allowed on the sidelines stand to the right. Hang on a second, coach. That's right. That's like, well, actually, it's, well, you can coach during the week, but you but you can't, like, step off the plane, like, yeah. all the cameras around you as part of the uh, as right. part of the Big Ten's ruling here. I, you I, You don't have to go I, home, I think, but you got to get up out of so here. Yeah. It's all just, all just so stupid. Like, the Big Ten is it's so It's very college stupid. football. It's so. It's very college football. Yeah, it's very dumb. It's just it. just when you Just when you think college football can't get any dumber, you do something like this. And totally redeem yourself. Uh, Ken Barkley's entire college football card coming up to start next hour. Lock Miss, the locomotive, and it will feature a bet on Michigan and Penn State. Um, for people that missed it, the breaking news, Jim Harbaugh suspended from coaching for the rest of the regular season. Tomorrow's game against Penn State, the Maryland and Ohio State. So the next three games for Michigan to wrap up their regular season. Michigan has put out a statement saying that they're going to try and fight this and get Harbaugh on the sideline. So I don't know. I kind of think this is like 50-50 at worst that Harbaugh coaches tomorrow um, on the road at Penn State against the Nittany Lions. We'll continue to bring you updates as we get them here on the show. But for now, let's get some soccer bets for the weekend with our good friend. Love this segment every single week. Our stud, our ace soccer handicapper, the great Anthony DeBundo. Uh, and his soccer betting podcast is awesome. We encourage everybody to check it out. Wonder Goal is the name of the podcast. And all of Anthony's written work can be found on the Action Network. And he is uh, on Twitter, at Anthony DeBundo, a good paisan. Anthony, welcome back to the show. Nick and Ken, how's it going? I'll tell you what, uh, I'm sure glad I didn't take your advice on Monday with Tottenham. They got they got smoked 4-1. Smoked is an operative term. Uh, but, you know, Tottenham, you know, they went from top of the table to uh, out of players in record time. So that's not great as a fan, but uh, as a better and somebody who kind of was skeptical of them, I think that we're starting to see that the lack of depth in the squad is really paying its toll here. It's like, oh, like Anthony, uh, break, talk about the breaking news for us. And he's like, like, like no, in Michigan. He's like, no, no, Tottenham's injury crisis. No, no, like, James like, Madison's been for a long this? time for Tottenham. Yeah. Right. Yeah, come on. So I know I know you gave us a little bit there, like any specific betting application. Oh, Tottenham, we talked about a few weeks ago, kind of this team that you just didn't believe in, off to a really good start. We see that in a bunch of sports. I'm not getting a team. NFL team starts 4-0, and actually they stink, something like that, and they end up losing a bunch of games. Any specific kind of betting applications that could come up soon here? One of the wildest experiences I've ever seen in betting soccer was during the game on Monday as Spurs were playing Chelsea. Spurs were minus 150 on the line, and uh, you know multiple books kept the line up during the game. And by the time the game ended, with two players out injured and now two players suspended, three of their four back line players and their second best attacking player, Spurs went from minus 150 on the three-way money line to plus 120. Uh, which is a huge swing in win probability, uh, implied win probability. They're not the only team dealing with injuries, too, though. Newcastle as well. Uh, if you got in early, I think you know Spurs were a good fade. Now I think the market's adjusted correctly. They're still going to be the better team here on the road. Uh, the system, you know, they they have some talent to replace some of these guys, but not. There is a drop off. So 
Uh, I think the, the market's priced correctly. Newcastle also dealing with a ton of injuries. They were minus 180 on the look ahead, down to minus 140 at Bournemouth this weekend. Uh, that would have been a line I would have loved to hammer a couple weeks ago, but no, potentially no Callum Wilson, no Alex Isak, no Bruno Guimaraes, and no Sven Botman. So four of their six most important players uh, likely out this weekend for Newcastle. So they just, you know, always monitor injuries. Uh, it's really hard to get news out of these teams sometimes. They're very cagey about how they go about it. Uh, I'm not playing either match anymore. Uh, so, you know, just always monitor those. If Wilson is in, I think I would grab some minus 140 on Newcastle. Uh, I don't know that he will be in, though. Well, let's go from Jim Harbaugh to Pep Guardioli here and talk about some not that he's suspended. But Chelsea and Manchester City. How about my Blues with a big win, uh, as Anthony said, against Tottenham on Monday, winning 4-1, of course, aided by about 19 red cards uh, handed out during the match. Anthony, can Chelsea make it two in a row against Pep Guardiola and the citizens of Manchester City here? Obviously a tough task for Mauricio Pochettino's team. What about Chelsea and Man City? Now, Chelsea's an interesting case because I think you could make an argument that their three best games performance-wise of the season all came against top, top teams. Their opening week against Liverpool, they, they played even with the Reds at home. Uh, they had a really impressive showing against Spurs. I thought even before the red card, they had turned that game and they were starting to create a bunch of chances. Remember, they had the goal varred off and they had another goal varred off before they got the penalty and then the red card. So they had started to turn that game and were outplaying Spurs at Spurs. Uh, and, and I also thought, you know, they played well against Arsenal for the majority of that match. So their three toughest matches... I think there's something to be said for that. When you look at how Chelsea plays and what their talent is, guys like Jackson, Sterling, Mudrick, these are guys who love to run in behind, run into space. They're not great when teams sit defensively and they have to try to you know, finagle their way through a low block. They're very good at pressing defensively. Their defensive numbers have really taken a step forward. And they're very good at running into space. And there should be space in behind here against Man City. Uh, you know, I understand you know, Man City has, has taken some money here now. They're getting to the point where I would come back on Chelsea uh, I want that three quarters of a goal minus 110. If you can find plus 0.75, I'll take it. I think it's uh, a little bit high now. I mean, think about how much better City has to be than, the, than Chelsea, who I have power rated as the fifth best team, to be laying almost a full goal on the road here. So it, it is a little inflated, and I do lean toward Chelsea here. I'm waiting to see if we get a little bit more steam before I hop in on the Blues. But yeah, I think uh, there's something to the fact that Chelsea has played its best games against the fellow top teams who are going to really go at them. Anthony, what are we? Uh, Liverpool, Brentford looks like the next, ma next match. Excuse me, where you have a bet? What's our play here? So I do have a bet oh, here. I'm we, wearing we my a, Brentford we jersey. We've got our kit on today. Yes, right? I'm so wearing I'm my not kit. Supposed to call it that, right? Uh, yeah. The bees. I mean, I think I've probably bet them and given out them on this show more than any other team in the league. Uh, it's been the case for two and a half years, and I'm just going to keep riding it. They're like uh, my friend Stucky at Action Network. He jokes about service academies catching two touchdowns or more. He bets them every time. Well, that's like Brentford for me when they're an underdog against the big six because they have been consistently profitable. They're so good at sitting deep. I think a couple weeks ago, you know, they played Chelsea. Chelsea took the first nine shots of the game, but they were all low-quality chances. Brentford gets their one opportunity at the other end. They take the lead. They hit them on the break. So I think this is a perfect, you know, situation. Liverpool is dealing with a ton of injuries and suspensions as well. Uh, Gravenberg. And uh, Mac Allister and Curtis Jones all likely to miss here. That's the three of the four midfielders that have kind of led this Liverpool youth movement revolution in the midfield. Uh, without those three, it's a little bit shakier from a midfield perspective. So I think their game control could suffer as a result. And the Bees catching a goal and a half, minus 135. Love them. Uh, just, you know, Brentford went an underdog against the big boys. Always punch up above their weight. And they're always competitive. I mean, they've beaten City, Arsenal, Liverpool, all these teams in the last couple of years. Is all Liverpool going to get stung? 
They may get stung. Stung. It'll, it'll be in transition uh, against right, his midfield because we saw it last year. Bees beat him three one. It was a classic, just Brentford counterattacking masterclass. So yeah, they're gonna get stung. The bees. That that's what we were looking for, like a solid. Yeah. They may get stung tomorrow. And you better you bet with yeah, Nick and Ken. Phenomenal football Friday. Soccer bets for the weekend with our pal Anthony DeBundo from the Action Network and the Wonder Goal podcast on Twitter at Anthony DeBundo. Anthony, let's go lightning around here to make sure we get everything in, including where in the world is Anthony DeBundo. Let's go to like two teams like the middle of the table in the Premier League, West Ham and Nottingham Forest, only separated by one point. Both teams like well out of the drop zone, so like both looking good, obviously, to stay in the Premier League. Not that that was an issue for West Ham, but what about West Ham and Nottingham Forest? Let's make it three straight West Ham fades for me. Uh, I continue to think the market is just overvaluing this team. They're a little bit fraudulent. Uh, Mikel Antonio has gotten one shot per match this year. Antonio was, a re in the past, a reliable striker. He is just not that anymore. And they have really suffered as an attack as a result. And their defense has really fallen off. So Nottingham Forest, I talked about them last week against Villa, extremely passive. They sit back. They don't press at all. They let you into their final third, but they don't let you into their penalty area. Now they're facing a West Ham team who is bottom three in possession percentage. West Ham doesn't want the ball, but Forrest on the road here is just going to say, go ahead, have the ball, break us down. Without a true striker, I think it's hard to do. So I think Forrest is undervalued. Forrest has been the single most improved year-over-year -year defense in the Premier League. They have really shored up that area. Their midfield is improved. And Taiwo Iwani, I talked about him coming back last week, how much he matters to their attack had key roles in both goals. So I, I do like the trees, the tricky trees, uh, catching a half goal on the road. think they could be right for another money line special. I know they hit one for us last week. They could be live again here to win this match. I did bet them, though, plus a half to win or draw at even money. Always love, always, always love the trees. Uh, Anthony, give us this next one in 30 seconds so we have time for the where in the world. That's Aston Villa and Fulham. Aston Villa, fifth play, like two points out of a Champions League spot here is like the transformation under Unai Emery continues here. We're in the Europa League, maybe in the Champions League next year. What about Aston Villa and Fulham this weekend in 30 seconds? Yeah, how about a plus money under two and a half? Uh, there's under two and three quarters, minus 110. This line's come down a little bit total-wise. I'm in line with the market on the side, but I think the market's too high on both of these attacks. Fulham has been you know, shuffling through attackers, trying to find the right striker. They haven't found it yet. Their attack has really suffered as a result. Market's still catching up. They're pricing them like last year's Fulham, which was a much more high event. And Villa's attack, only one team, Man City, has overperformed their XG more than Villa. So I do think there's some regression coming for them too. So under two and a half plus money, good for me. All right, buddy, let's close with this. The where in the world is Anthony DeBundo. We will we will get that on the plane, and we will not go to State College to hang out with Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. We will go somewhere else in Europe. What is the where in the world bet this weekend for our pal Anthony DeBundo? Hopefully it goes better than uh, my Dortmund bet last weekend in the, in the Der Klassiker. But we will go back to a Dortmund match, but we're actually going to bet against Dortmund. Uh, Stuttgart is hosting Dortmund. You probably haven't heard of Seru Jirasi. He's a not well-known name uh, across the world, but has scored 14 goals already this season for them. Uh, Stuttgart, that is. He got hurt, and they conveniently lost their next two matches. They were riding high atop the league at the time. Uh, and so there's been a kind of a convenience. So like, oh, well, Jirasi got hurt. They lost. That's why. But the attack has actually been better. Uh, they created 3.6 expected goals, 2.6 without him. Dennis Undav, Brighton legend uh, at the club. Uh, you know, helping out for Stuttgart as well. So I, I think Dortmund really shaky defensively. We saw that last weekend. On the road is a pick em. I like Stuttgart. Uh, you could take the money line plus 150, or you could take them draw no bet minus 115. I think they might even be the better team. I've got Dortmund slightly ahead of them in my ratings, but barely. 
Dortmund conceding just about one and a half XG to every competent team they play. So I think there's some real holes with Dortmund. Uh, and I like Stuttgart at home, even without him, Jirasi, to uh, win this match and uh, and get three points. And, and they're both in the top four, so it should be a fun one. You want more soccer bets from Anthony? Of course you do, because they're awesome. Uh, check out the Wonder Goal pod and check out the Action Network for Anthony's written work. Follow him on Twitter at Anthony DeBundo. My friends, sincerely appreciate the time. Good luck with the bets this week, and I'll be tailing you, and we'll catch up with you next week here on You Better You Bet. Thanks for having me. Our pal Anthony DeBundo joining us here on the show. Two hours down here on a phenomenal football Friday. To start hour number three, we'll board the locomotive. Ken Barkley's entire college football card from the weekend, including his bets for Michigan-Penn State and any other news updates we get on Jim Harbaugh's coaching status for tomorrow.